Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Sovereign Soul and welcome to Spanglish World Networks on Zingo TV channel 250 and 251. I want you to take a moment, make sure you download the Zingo TV app on your mobile and TV devices. You can find the Zingo TV app in the respective app stores, iOS and Android devices. Uh, be sure to leave us a comment and rate us while you're in there downloading that free app. Zingo TV is available on Google Chrome. It's available on Amazon Fire and Fire Sticks. Also on Roku and Roku Sticks. And any smart TV that's 216 and forward. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We're going to be welcoming our online audience. And as you pop on, say hello. Let us know that you are here. Be sure you share this with everybody. We want to make sure this gets to as many eyeballs and as many ears as possible. We're so excited, as always, to have you joining us. I'm your host, Jacqueline Hopper. I'm a self-mastery guide, an energy healer, and best-selling author. And my mission in this world is to support others with the expansion of their intuitive, psychic, and healing abilities. <clears throat> I, I have been waiting for this conversation for a very long time. I am so excited for our guest today. Meet Tony Acosta, Acosta correct? I said that right. Uh, the founder of Gold Bar Utah, where he blends expertise with a touch of innovation to redefine the real estate game. When he's not closing deals, though, Tony's taking the mic as a dynamic public speaker, sharing insight that goes beyond the public, uh, the property market. Um, he's done 100% or hundreds. He's done hundreds of keynotes and is the head organizer for TEDx TimView Drive. Um, he's also part of Forbes Magazine Real Estate Council. So you're a total slacker from the sounds of it. Um, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. I'm like I said, my nerves are like my it's not nerves. It's excitement. I'm so very excited to have you here to be um, speaking with you to feel inspired by you. I mean, there's this part of me that's like, sit down, you can ask him questions later, because I just want to pick your brain on all of the things. But I do really want to start with your background and how you came to be not just an epic real estate agent, but also an incredible public speaker. Um, can you give us a little bit of background about you? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. I have also been waiting all week for this moment. Uh, I'm so excited to be on, on your show. Very grateful for the opportunity. When we talk about conversation, uh, Jacqueline, it really depends how far back you want to go. You know, when mm -hmm. I was growing up, I actually grew up with a very strong speech impediment. The reason why I developed that is because I come from a very, I'll say combative household where there wasn't very good communication. So my parents have very different communication styles. My mother is very fiery and loud and she's she's your Latina that she's all up in your face. And my dad's a little bit different. My dad is a little bit more quiet, reserved. And so when I was a child, they tended to go back and forth quite a bit. And me being the oldest of four, I often found myself refereeing some of these arguments. And from a very early age, I, I saw the impact of positive and negative communication. And I also saw, and I was very impressed by the fact that you can have a single scenario, a single event, and people can walk away with massively different interpretations. Yes. And so from a very early age, I, I, I started to see the importance of conversation, of communication. 
when I got into the real estate world, I didn't have any connections. I didn't have any, I'd never run a business before. I was 22 years old, but I looked like I was 14 or 15. I was always a super skinny kid. And so I didn't have any business street cred, if you will. And one of the things that I had to develop early on was the ability to communicate. I remember having conversations with my broker at that time and he would say, you have to find ways to stand out. You have to find ways to communicate. Even if you're just a kid, there are things that you can do to start to grow this business. So what I started doing was answering questions on social media, which back then I'm talking 10 years ago, it was just Facebook. Instagram wasn't what it is today. TikTok didn't exist. And so it was just on Facebook. And I very quickly learned that whether it's sales or your personal life or whatever the case may be, you will be as successful as you're able to communicate. And so I've really tried to dedicate the last decade of my life, a little bit more than that, to try to hone in that skill. Because again, whether it's personal or professional, I have seen uh, the fruits of learning how to get a message across, be it a sales pitch or be it a family conversation, I've, I've completely fallen in love with that, uh, that entire process. I love this. I love this so freaking much <laughs> because while we're going to take somewhat of an angle of entrepreneurship, right? And how you take your voice, your gift into a, a closing a deal, like I say, or teaching others. Cause that's another thing you do. You, you, in my opinion, you're a master teacher. I've watched, you know, some of the, the, the content on your Instagram and just feeling your energy and how passionate you are about bringing people's voices, but not just like, I want you to be heard, but like, I want you to be felt. You know what I mean? I, I, when you and I connected, um, and had uh, just what a 15, 20 minute conversation, man, I had to bring my game. Your, your spirit was like really serious, like bring your game because he wants to feel you, you know, your intentions, your integrity. He wants to feel your passion. What are you wanting to portray? Because that's what people need these days with the noise on social media, the noise in the big world, what sets us apart is our ability to be felt when we are having those conversations, whether that is personal, whether that is in business, whether that is to be able to get your point across, right? Gone are the days where you had to yell to be heard. I mean, we've got this beautiful revolution of conscious parenting even coming to the forefront where we're wanting our children even to have a better way of communicating themselves where we don't have, I have four kids and at dinner time, everybody wants to be heard. It could get really loud really quickly. You know what I mean? But this, the power of our voices, the power of our voices backed by a powerful connection to your intention. That I think brings your energy into a room so much more powerfully and it's definitely something that I, I look forward to, you know, again, there's that part I'm sitting here, I'm making her sit over here. Like, I want to work with you because Ted has been something that I've had on my vision board literally for years, but I think it intimidates the hell out of people. It really does. It's a platform that is wildly different from the norm. And why? for many, yeah. Tell and for many, why. it absolutely is kind of the pinnacle. Uh, you know, most people will not have an opportunity to speak 
on a platform where you could be seen by millions of people. Now, what makes TED different? One of the reasons why I fell in love with TED is the format. I do a lot of speaking and a lot of the speaking that I do is in business conferences, sales teams, things of that nature. When you do that, when you go to motivational seminars, a lot of what is talked about is my accomplishments, how I did this, how I sold this many homes, how I made Forbes, how I built a team. And so it's very much focused on myself where I try to share, here's what I did so that hopefully somebody in the audience can pick up on, on some of those things, do it themselves and try to replicate certain levels of success. With TED, it's the complete opposite. TED is all about the message. That's why the tagline is ideas worth sharing. Mm -hmm. And the analogy that I often use is if you wrote the perfect TED talk, Jacqueline, everything was on point, transitions, through line, concept, story, concept, like everything was just built the proper way. If you did it right, you could hand that talk over to somebody else. Mm -hmm. They could deliver it and it could still have the same impact. For a lot of speakers, that's very difficult. It's a mental leap because they say, well, it's because this is my message and I have to give it. Without a doubt, even if there is story involved, your voice is massively important. But if you think about it, when we hear most of the stories that we hear, we don't hear it from the source. We hear it off of authority. When you, when you think about stories of the Civil War or the Revolutionary War or Martin Luther King or any of these stories, you don't hear them from the source. They're powerful stories that somebody else tells you and it has an impact on your life. And so TED is all about extracting the single poignant idea that can be reduced into 18 minutes, which is another added level of difficulty because a lot of people are used to speaking 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. That's, <laughs> yes. that's common. And so in 60 minutes, you can cover a lot of ground. It's okay to maybe take a question or go on a little bit of a tangent. You have time to kind of come back. You can have other commentary. But when you talk about 18 minutes max, most are in the 12 to 15 minute range and it's completely memorized that's an added level of difficulty. And so you really have to be crystal clear on what your idea is. If you come into TED and you want to regurgitate someone else's information or something that you read or something that you thought was cool, it's not going to work. It has to come from you and every individual, every speaker that I've trained, we've had dozens of speakers published on the TED YouTube channel these are stories that come from them. What did you do? What did you experience? What is something that you can tell that is going to be different from anybody else? Everybody talks about motivation or mindfulness, and sometimes it has some of those underpinnings, but at the end of the day, it's Jacqueline. This is Jacqueline, her story, her message that she can share and other people can also share because of the way that the talk itself is built. I love this. So I'm going to put you on the spot. I want to know what is the Tony secret sauce that you teach others that helps them get into that space? Because yeah. as an energy viewer, healer, tapper into person, I think there's blocks that people have. I think that there is filters that people often aren't aware of that might 
prevent them from really truly getting to that space you're speaking of inside to allow that to open up? What's some of the 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 secrets that you use when you're mentoring others towards like the perfect talk? Great question. I'll mention a few things. Number one, I always pose certain questions that I think any speaker needs to ask themselves, especially within TED. And it takes some works often to be able to get to a place where you can answer this question. But question number one is why should anybody listen to you? Mm -hmm. Point blank. Why should anybody listen to you? And the reason why I pose that question again is because sometimes speakers will take other people's stuff and they'll try to mesh it together and then they will try to go out and say it. We'll take a little bit of Gary Vee. We'll take some Tony Robbins. We'll take some Mel Robbins, some Ed Milets, and we'll try to make this milkshake of their stuff and then try to go out and share it. That doesn't work. So once you can identify why should somebody listen to you, I'll give you an example. A buddy of mine, his name is Marvin. He's uh, given me permission to share this. He was actually on, on my podcast. So his daughter was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and he shares that experience and he shares the difficulty the fear how you know every day he didn't know what was going to happen how he would he would weep because she was going through treatments she couldn't eat she would let she would tell him that she was hungry and so he comes on my podcast and he shares how he was able to navigate that what were some of the things that helped him what didn't help him what were some of the conversations between him and his wife and so as we're having this conversation after the podcast, he mentions that, you know, he would love to, to share that message with people. Now, here's the thing. When I share with Marvin, Marvin, this experience that you had with your daughter happened years ago. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, she's perfectly fine. She's okay. She's thriving. But if you bring yourself back to the day you found out, the day you got the news, that heartbreaking moment of just complete terror i can't even imagine me the moment you're told your child has cancer she may not survive Mm. that happened to somebody yesterday Mm. it's going to happen to somebody today Mm. it happens every single day Mm. so you marvin you got through that some type of way you got through that yeah whether it was doing morning walks or reading certain things or meditating, whatever it was, you found a way to try to navigate that pain. Somebody else is going through that pain right now. What would you say to them having gone through that? That is something that Marvin can speak on that I cannot. True. I can read a book, I can watch some YouTube videos, I can try to come up with something, but I have not gone through that. So if you have Marvin and myself on a stage talking about this topic, he's going to be so much more powerful. Absolutely. So I think that once you can identify what makes you unique, in his case, it's his experience. For some, it might be an accomplishment. For some, it might be a scientific discovery. But what is it that you can uniquely speak on? Once you buy into your own story, then we can start to work. Mm-hmm. But often it takes a lot of internal work to try to get there because we have to peel off the layers. We yes. peel off the layers. Yes. And that, in that process, 
Yes, yeah. and that process is absolutely fascinating. But I would say, number one, why would anybody listen to you? And then only talk about things that you are uniquely qualified to talk about. And again, that can be experience, achievement, discovery, but it has to be something that comes from you, not something that you're taking from other people to try to share. I love that. And it's so true because this brings in that authentic vulnerability that you can only tap into when this is your story and something that comes from, you know, um, it's, it's below the gut, to be completely honest. It's below the gut. When I think about, you know, what brought on for me um, the PAUSE acronym, you know, being present, having acceptance, understanding what's happening so you can surrender and expand, you know, that was that's still a process that I go on, you know, anytime I'm having that bout of anxiety, that bout of fear, that bout of, you know, disbelief or losing faith, even, you know, having something like that, that I can go to. And it isn't something read in a book and it isn't something that somebody else's teaches. It's something we're actually going to trademark because it's that good. You know what I mean? And so like that, you know, as soon as you start speaking about that, I know exactly what I would talk about. But the minute that you say, why would anybody want to listen to you? Man, I can feel myself getting a little queasy. It's a difficult question. Right? Like, yes. And when we're in speaker training, it's, (laughs) I get up in their face a little bit of why you, why, like, why are you here? I mean, if you're trying to be Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins already exists. Exactly right. We don't need you to be Tony Robbins. He exists. We don't need you to be Gary Vee, Ed Milet, David Goggins. The world doesn't need you to do that. Those people already exist. They don't need you to be Oprah. What what doesn't exist, maybe on a massive scale, is Jacqueline Hopper Mm -hmm. as a as a household name, as a Tony Robbins name, as an Oprah name. That doesn't exist. That I'm interested in. But you trying to be Alex Hormozy or trying to be Gary Vee, we don't need you for that. They already exist. And so sometimes when we start to get into that, people start to realize, man, a lot of the speaking that I've done is just trying to emulate the speakers that I like to listen to. It's completely normal. I went through this myself. Mm-hmm. Again, the world doesn't need you for that. Those, those guys exist. You can find them. You can find their content. What can you bring that would even make them listen to you. And I had uh, a, a, an interesting exchange with speakers that I listen to, that they listen to my stuff. And when you see it that way, it completely changes everything because, I mean, if Tony Robbins came up to you, Jacqueline, and said, hey, I love your stuff, yeah. it would blow your mind. I would I would think. I, it I would think. be wild, but <laughs> it all did, exactly, because there are things that you can share yeah. That even though it seems wild, he cannot. Mm-hmm. That's true. My job is to help people find what that is mm-hmm. and then teach you the elements to be able to do it appropriately from a vocal and visual foundational perspective so that it actually lands. Yeah. And I love this. I love this because people walk into it, like you say, so true. Oh, I'm going to be on the TEDx stage. I'm going to have the big X behind me. And this is going to put my resume to the, to the top. And this is going to set me apart from anybody. And all of that is true. All that's true. But it's not the X that's going to set you apart. It's what you're going to speak on that stage. It's going to set you apart. And it's beautiful because I'm seeing our paths, you know, and how we, we go about 
very much the same thing you know, in life. You're just doing it in a different way than I, you know, helping people tap into their God spark. That's what we call the throat chakra. You know, the God spark is what was gifted you right on your way down the chute uh, to earth. You know, God said, this is what we're going to have you, you know, this is what you're going to talk about. This is what you're going to do. This is your purpose. You think you can handle it? High five. All right, go ahead. Do your thing. Yeah. But somewhere along the way, we forgot that shit. And 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 we are, we're here amongst others that, you know, want to do the comparison and they want to keep us in small. And, and, and then we have our own egos that say, why would anybody want to listen to me? You know, when I wrote my first book, my editor said that to me. You know, why is anybody going to want to read this? Why is anybody going to want to read this? And at first I was like, why wouldn't anybody want to? I don't know. Why wouldn't they want to? Like, because it's awesome. Because, you know, I've got a lot of really good things to share. And I'm like, isn't that good enough? And she's like, that much. Talk to me about what makes this piece different than any other book in Barnes and Nobles, different than anything that's selling on Amazon. And I love this because when we work with people privately one-on-one, -on -one, they are coming knowing there's something that exists within them and they don't maybe have the vision of what that is. They have the feeling of what that is. They know it's existent, right? I would describe it as I want to scratch my face off because it's so there and it's so close that I can feel it. I just might not know what. And I need support with being able to get below the unworthiness or the I'm not enoughness or that question of why would anybody want to listen? Why would anybody want to read it, right? And I can only imagine there's so many others that are looking for that or not even realizing they're going to get that when they're in your presence. Of course. Yeah, yeah 100%. It's it's such a, a critical piece of the journey that once you figure it out, it's smooth sailing. But yeah, as you say, there's often this insecurity and posture syndrome that I felt it and it's difficult to navigate, but it's absolutely possible. And the interesting thing is that the more personal the message is, the harder it is to deliver. So many times Ooh, I've can heard you say that again. No, yes, no. the more personal the story, yes, the harder it is to deliver. Mm. What I mean by that is, I'll go back to the example of Marvin. If you put him on stage to talk about his daughter getting cancer, he's going to struggle. Yeah, he's going to get choked up. Yeah. It's naturally emotional. It's difficult to to get through a piece or a keynote talking about that very thing. But that's what makes it unique. So part of this dance is, okay, I have this hyper personal experience that is really deep for, for me, for my family. I'm willing to give it to the world because I believe that it can impact somebody else. I, I believe that there are parents that got that news this week, yesterday, somebody got that news this morning and right this second, as we're filming, they are struggling with that fresh news. Yeah. And so that's difficult to get through. Mm -hmm. But again, those are the, the, the messages and the speeches that have the most impact. Yes. Once you can learn how to do all of the vocal foundations, which is speed, pitch, tone, melody, pausing, all of that stuff, once you learn that, now it's when it really becomes powerful because you can keep the emotion in check, so to speak, to where you can still speak while using it as a tool to convey the message that you have. So it's this beautiful dance of story, emotion, impact, 
that once you master it, you can impact millions of people, especially with technology these days. Yes, it's incredible. Speaking of technology these days, we've got viewers here. I know you're on. I know you're watching. You're captivated by this. I know you're speechless, but we're going to want you to let us know how this is landing for you because that last line that Tony delivered, I don't know about you, but I still feel a little bit over here in my gut like, yes, so good. It is those those very personal memories and details and stories and lessons and that bout of healing that you had to do that is going to be the hardest for us to deliver because there's that bit of yes i know this like the back of my hand you know and, and it's interesting because as an entrepreneur and, and and doing what i do and creating content and things like that like my team is back there you can't hear them they're all on mute but they're probably like Finally, someone's saying what we need her to hear. You got to connect to what you do to post the good stuff. Like, yes, you know, because I think that especially as someone, I wouldn't, I'm going to say public view, but like public being, you have a public page and you're out here doing lives and speeches and making deals and working with people. You don't want people to see you in what could look like a really vulnerable space because you're afraid of the rejection or you're afraid, you know, people, there are some that can't connect to that emotion. It's too much for them to connect to that emotion. And my biggest thing for people that have that, it's supposed to, it's supposed to trigger something within them that brings them to that realization of, wow, I didn't realize this hit me as much as it did or as deep as it did. And that means there's work for us to be doing. That means that there's this inner reflection and all of what we've talked about. I, I just think it's freaking gorgeous. And, you know, you and I rattled off a couple of things in the back when you were in the green room, as Eduardo would say, about the things I wanted to talk about. But I just I'm loving the way this conversation is rolling because it is such a powerful um, reminder that you cannot go out into the big world and find the talk. You can't go out into the big world and get the inspiration. It's an inside job. It that absolutely is. Yeah. It's an inside job. And the beautiful thing about the day and age where, where we live is that we have an opportunity to contribute to the collective education of the planet. And what I mean by that is that it was very hard to do that pre-internet. It was very difficult to reach the masses. But the reality is that in life, there are two ways that you can learn. You can learn through experience or you can learn through study. And far too often, we fall into, we need to learn from experience. And without a doubt, experience teaches you all sorts of lessons. But what I mean by that is that often we feel that we need to go through certain difficult things in order to learn. Mm. What I have found is that although that happens to everybody, you do go through difficult things in order to learn. You can also avoid certain difficult things if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to listen to somebody who has already been where either where you want to go or they've been where you don't want to go. One of the things that I have really tried to do is because my parents' marriage failed, I tried to listen and learn from other people whose marriages failed so that mine does not. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to have to go through that experience to be able to learn the lessons from a separation or a divorce or whatever the case may be. I want to break that pattern. 
But the way that I try to do that is the learning from others. And so now with these platforms, we can all contribute to the collective education of the planet to the point where you can literally help people improve their lives on a day-to-day -day basis. Even if it's one person, two people, three people, or hundreds, thousands, or millions, it doesn't matter. It's an opportunity to have a greater impact than you otherwise could have 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago where it, the technology just wasn't there. So when I talk to speakers and I say, look, th this is now a much higher stakes game mm -hmm. because now you're going to be seen by a lot of individuals and that can cause some anxiety for people. But I think that once you realize the opportunity, you can get over the anxiety a little bit and you can realize the opportunity that lies in front of you to, and that's the, the quote that I always use, to contribute to the collective education of the planet and make an impact. Now, what you've gone through takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah. And you understand that whether it's an achievement, a discovery, or pain, you can help somebody else avoid it or reach it, depending on the context. I love this. And, you know, it brings me back to why I started the work that I do. It was to affect the life of one person, just one person. If I could shift the trajectory of one person's world by what I shared with them, by what I helped them discover about themselves, by what I was able to bring in the room via spirit, you know, like there is just these, um, we would call them miracles, but by my definition and that of, of course, of miracles, a miracle is a shift in perspective right? Like we have this opportunity to shift somebody's perspective. And that's when the miracle happens. We never look at something the same, you know? And, and I love this because it really brings people back to the study of thyself, right? That's going to make the biggest impact. And I think there's natural born leaders that emerge because of it, because here you are being able to lead by that example, but from an in-tuned space, you know, there is so much noise out here and there can be so much pain that can be experienced. But when we remember where we are going, right, when we can tap into that purpose and that 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 inspiration that comes from the, the inner place, the inner being, the higher self, whatever we deem that to be, I think that that can really pave the way. You know, and if we can do that from a space of I'm, I'm going to go out here and, and inspire someone to see this differently or inspire somebody to connect to this differently or see their life from a different perspective, we're dropping miracles and blessings every which way we go. You absolutely are. And it's really about context, because here's what I'll say. This process that we're talking about is massively difficult. It's not for everybody because it does imply a genuine introspection that most individuals never subject themselves to. Mm. That can be difficult without a doubt. It's not a categorical imperative where you say, okay, I want to be a speaker, therefore I'm going to be a speaker. It's going through the process and doing the homework to be able to, to really go deep. And a lot of individuals share this and it sounds so, it sounds so good but it's difficult. So mm -hmm. the people that get on stages, the people that speak and put themselves out there are massively brave. Yeah. They're brave because not only is it a situation where they want to help others, but if they're the good ones, they've done the work to understand themselves and they've asked those difficult questions. They've understood that 
they're probably not as good as they think they are. And that's okay because from there you can draw lessons and you can grow and you can learn. But for me, it's been a really revealing process. Watching other people go, go through this, it has absolutely changed my life because when I look at people that have these stories and then I look at my life and I haven't thankfully yet at this point gone through a lot of those things. I haven't had to deal with a lot of death or a lot of disease or a lot of tragedy at this point, at least healthy child, healthy family. Not everybody has that, that luxury. So I hear these stories and then I look at my life and I say, okay, what, 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 what do I complain about? Yeah. What do I complain about? If it's a deal that maybe is a little bit behind or somebody doesn't take my phone call or my son left his shoes in the living room, like all of those things have a new context. Yeah. Because I know people that would do anything, anything, Jacqueline, for yeah. their son to leave his muddy shoes in the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I know that now. And once I know that, I can't unhear that. No, you can't. You can't unfeel that. You, you can't unfeel that. cannot. I'm actually you grateful that his muddy shoes are in the kitchen. Absolutely. Because somebody else longs for that and has either lost it, no longer has it. And uh, it just changes everything. It does. It certainly does. You know, one of the things that I teach on um, often is that spirit moves through other people. Source is present in all of us. That aspect of, 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 of the divine of God, you know, and as we emerge with each other in that vulnerable space, in that openness to share, in that willingness to go deep, we aren't meeting each other at ego. Right. It's like the whole namaste, the, the, the spirit within me, the light within me is recognizing the light within you, you know, and it's it's so. Um, it's heart moving, it's heart growing, it's heart expanding, right, because you're so you're so right when you say, you know, there are things that I to myself, you know, in, in doing the podcast and things like that, watching other souls the way that they have decided, in my opinion, in my opinion, we sign up for a life. We sign up for some of the stuff we're going to go through. We sign up for that duality and contrast because we know it's going to grow us as an individualized expression. But then we know that it adds to the collective, you know, and that's the point. That's why all our, our um, journeys are unique. I won't go or grow through the same thing Tony will go and grow through. And that's a great thing because spirit's on a mission through the trillions of people that is that are here to grow itself. The universe is full of itself, I wrote in the book. You know, it's full of love. And if it can express itself in a trillion different ways and not have the same experience, like there is a lot of, of um, I think it needs to take us back and, and create that. I don't like the word humble, but it does create that like, wow, this is incredible. Not one person is like this or like me. Not one person has the same type of story as me. And for me, like you, I honor that for others. Thank you for signing up for that. I didn't. I chose not to. And I can't imagine, you know, what that looks like for you. But I'm grateful to be able to have a conversation where you get to express what you learned. You get to express the impact that it made. And I get to appreciate your story through your perspective and your journey through your healing. You know, and I think that that's what's always fascinated me about the TEDx. It gets to the point you know what I mean? You are floored and completely shifted after 15 to 18 minutes. Like life is never the same when it's delivered in such a powerful way. Life is never the same. 
And it never is. And, it never is. and one of the things that I love is if you notice, you can go to a, a TED event and not know any of the speakers. Yeah. They're usually not celebrities. They're usually not these A-list speakers. It's usually people from the community and they completely blow you away. Yes. Like, who is this lady? Who is this guy? And why is he not mega famous? Because he is incredible at speaking. That is thanks to the model. That is thanks to the platform, the way that things are constructed and built. There's a very specific way and process to build a TEDx message so that it lands that way. So that the average individual that wants to share it and is willing to put in the work can deliver a powerful message. So that's the reason why I think that those you know three red letters mean so much mm-hmm. because you know that you can go to any TED event around the world, not know any of the speakers, and you know that you're going to get tremendous value, but it's because of how it's built behind the scenes. And so I've mm-hmm. fallen in love with that process because it is highly introspective. You just have to be completely objective with yourself, with your message. We're going to build it up. We're going to tear it down. We're going to build it up. We're going to tear it down. And you're going to feel inadequate. You're going to feel insecure. You're going to have imposter syndrome. But at the end of it, you're going to come out with a message that can truly make an impact. And the thing that I tell speakers all the time is you have to become comfortable with the fact that you're not talking to everybody. Mm. Your message is not for everybody. Yeah. So don't try to be vanilla ice cream. Mm. There are people that love mint chocolate chip Rocky Road with gummy worms. Yes. Be that. Be mint chocolate chip with gummy worms. Like, don't try to be vanilla ice cream because then there's so much noise in today's world, so much content, so many videos and reels and TikTok. There's so much that it's it's going to get lost. Mm. So the other part of this is your message, but who it's for specifically. Envisioning that individual. What does he look like? What does she look like? And speak to them and for them because – Often we don't have the context of how vast the world actually is. I'll give you an example. I train real estate agents all the time to do content on social media. And they say, well, it's because I don't don't really want to do it because I'll do a reel and I'll get like 300 views. Do you know how many people 300 people are? If you are a speaker, if you're an educator, would you not be thrilled to give a workshop in front of 300 people? That's so many people. That is. That's, That's a lot of people, but we, we brush it off as a failure. We say no, 200 views, 300, that is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so if we have that context, it kind of changes it a little bit to where now your 182 views, 427 views feels different in the same way your avatar, the individual that you're speaking to, there are hundreds of thousands of those people, if not millions around the world that feel the same way, see the world the same way, can resonate with you the same way, will like your style. And in the same way, there are millions that will not. Mm -hmm. But there's so many people out there that you can touch and impact that you don't, it doesn't have to be everybody. The the impact can still be massive, even if it's dozens or hundreds, that's still a lot of people. And the residual impact of that across families, across children is is incalculable. Yeah, it's infinite. It's totally infinite. You never know who's going to speak to who's going to speak to who's going to speak to who. And like going back to what you shared about, you know, um, 
some of the greats not even being able to be present in this moment to share their story. We're hearing it from other people. You know, that when I sit with that, you know, especially after our conversation, and I definitely don't want to be vanilla ice cream. I told you I'm rum raisin. And it's only because the Golden Girls, the Golden Girls shared rum raisin on the show. And that's my thing. So I'm like, I'm rum raisin. Nobody does rum raisin. Who's heard of rum raisin? No one. (laughs) Millions of people are going to love a good rum raisin. So that's absolutely, you know, and and I think that that's we affect the life of one person. We did our job. When we sit back and we really look at, you know, um, the message, not just in this moment, but what it has the potential to do for our near future, for the legacies, you know, because um, I know me personally, not everybody, but me personally, I want my grandchildren to be reciting some of the things we share. I want my great grandchildren to be speaking about some of the things that we've done because it's an impact for love. It's an impact for expansion. It's an impact for personal power and helping people remember who they are and what they're gifted with, right? And I'm loving, I'm loving, loving, loving what your purpose is in this world. Um, can you, before we were coming to a close and I don't want to, I'm going to just ignore Eduardo when he starts putting the timer up, but can you give us one of your two things? I want one of your most favorite personal speeches that you've done, maybe a little bit of the info around it, why it was so good. Do you have that near and dear close one for you? I do. Yes, I do. I had a conversation with a colleague of mine probably two years ago. Uh, I have a six-year-old son. He's about to turn seven in two days. We have a birthday party to plan today, by the way. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I'm super excited. But I'm having a conversation with him. And at the time, I was incredibly busy, like everybody is. Everybody's super busy. And I was kind of going through this phase where, you know, when your kids go through like the terrible twos, terrible threes, they start to get annoying. Mm. They really do. Like they start to talk back and it starts to get more difficult. They're Mm. still cute and all that. But I mean, parenting just has a new level of difficulty. At least it did for me. Yeah. So I'm having a conversation with Mm. a, a colleague of mine who has older kids and he shares how he, he, he regrets working a lot when he, his kids were young and he wishes that he could go back and he feels like he missed a lot of time. So I really took that to heart. And what I did is I went in the extreme and I volunteered to be my kid's soccer coach. And the reason why I did that in a moment where I had no time, no time to be a four-year-old soccer coach it all, all of a sudden overnight, it became the most important thing in my life. Mm. And for those that have small children, you can't buy back the games, mm-hmm. the recitals. Mm-hmm. You can't buy back when they want to go with you to the park. This happened just yesterday. My son says, hey, can we go to the park? I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I've been sitting in meetings all day, mentally drained. But the time's going to come when he's never going to ask me to do that again. Yeah. I don't ask my dad to go to the park with me to play soccer. I don't. I sometimes I try to have conversations with my dad, but obviously we don't live in the same house. It's different. And so I shared that at it with a panel that I, I was doing and you started to see some tears in the audience. And it was really personal to me because 
my son is growing up and there's going to be a moment for all of you out there where you're going to pick up your child you're going to put them down and you're never going to pick them up again mm. ever mm-hmm. and we just don't know when that moment is going to be so for me i've really tried to enjoy young parenting yeah. it's challenging absolutely yeah. but that has been probably my biggest mission over the last 36 months is to try to be as present as possible. Mm-hmm. And if your son, if your daughter wants to go to the park or your daughter wants to put makeup on your face or whatever it is, enjoy it, do it. If the house is a little bit messy, that's fine. You'll survive. You can, you can deal with it because eventually it's going to be empty and quiet and nobody's going to ask you to go to the park. Nobody's going to ask you to put makeup on your face. It's going to end. Mm-hmm. And we as parents, I, I feel it, don't realize how quickly oh, it yeah. ends, but it ends. Yes. Then they go off and they get married. My daughter's behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. yeah. They go off. And then they come to you and they say, so the one I'm going to marry, he's going <laughs> to do a police academy thing in Virginia and I'm going to leave New York. They don't just leave you. Then they move. They leave you. Like, what? You want to leave me? I'm the epic parent. Like, what do you mean? But yeah, you're so right. And it does. It happens overnight. But the thing I want to lend to is that it gets to be a really epic, incredible journey too, because then they become your friend. They become your friend. And if we're lucky, and I am so blessed and lucky, they become your best friend and they hold space for you in different ways. And the conversation just gets to be, hey, let's go out to dinner. It's not the park anymore. It's let's go out to dinner. But what they'll remember that gets us to that place is when we were, when they were small and we were there for them and we did make their world a big deal. You know, I, I love that. And you're so right. And I think that's, God, that's a really great speech. You've got me all emotional over here. <laughs> it matters. It matters yeah. to me. I, th- I think about it every day. Um, I'll share briefly. I, I know that we almost have to have to wrap up. But a couple of days ago, my, my son, we're in the car and he says, says, Daddy, why don't you talk to me? Oh, that's a good said, question. What do, you, what do you mean? Why don't you talk to me? And the reason why I said that is because he asked me a question and I was on the phone and I just kind of didn't answer immediately as my head was somewhere else. But he looked at me and he says, why don't you talk to me? I said, what do you mean? I talk to you all, all the time. And he's like, why don't you talk to me? Mm. And I sat there for a second and I reflected on that. And I would pose a question for everybody watching. Yeah. Do you talk to your kids? Yeah. Do you have yeah. conversations? So for the next 18 minutes that we were driving home, we just talked about Pokemon cards and soccer players because that's what he cares about right now. We talked yeah. about Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi and the World Cup and the next World Cup. That's and, my Mason. That's my Mason. And he was, and he yeah. was so happy about that. Yeah. So I think it's just you know learning and being trying to be a little bit more present. Now, I'll, I'll close with this. If there's anybody out there that wants to speak, you're mm-hmm. called to do this. You, you see speakers. You know you have a message somewhere deep in your soul it's there. Here's what I would recommend. I'm going to give you guys an, uh, an exercise that I put all of my speakers through that is highly valuable that I think that can teach you a lot. Here's, here's what I'd, I would like you to do. Grab your phone, set it somewhere, and record for five minutes yourself speaking on any topic. 
doesn't matter. Tell me a story, talk about your honeymoon, anything that you can talk about for five minutes, talk about for five minutes. Once you do that, you're going to do a three-part review. Number one, you're going to turn it all the way up and you're going to put it on the table upside down. Mm. You're going to just listen, just listen. And you're going to start to ask yourself questions. How do I sound? Do I talk too fast? Is it monotone? Do I have my pauses in there? Is it engaging? Is it boring? Like, can you get through your own five minute speech? Because if you can't, nobody else will either. Oh. So that's, that's number one. Number two, you're going to turn the volume all the way down and you're going to watch it with no volume. Mm. No volume. And you're going to start to notice what are my hands doing? Am mm. I just sitting still? Do I, is it too big? Am I touching my face? Am I doing anything awkward? What are my hands doing? And the third thing that you're going to do is you're going to jump on Fiverr, Fiverr.com. You're going to pay mm -hmm. five bucks. Don't pay more than $5 or you're getting scammed. And you're going to ask somebody to transcribe your video. Ooh. Verbatim. Don't take out the filler words, transcribe it verbatim and read it, read through it. What you will learn about yourself, your story, your style, going through this three-part review will absolutely change the way you view yourself and you view your message. And what might happen is you might hear that and say, that's a great story, but I'm awful at telling it. Mm. Or that's kind of hard to get through. Mm. I couldn't even get through my own five minute speech. And yeah. so it gives you a starting point. I love of, that. Is it your voice? Is it your hand yeah. gestures? Where are you? So that yeah. you can then have a starting point to improve and become a better communicator. I literally, my team better be taking notes. I'm going to make sure when we're done with this, that they feed this back to me. Um, they better be taking notes. Tony, you are a blessing. You are an extremely priceless gift. I'm loving this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Where can people find you? How can they get into your world? Absolutely. So the more, I guess the social media, platform that I use the most on a personal side is Instagram. So you can just find me on Instagram, TonyAcosta.us. And uh, that's where I post most of my content. I'm on there quite often. I'm on all the other so social media platforms, but Instagram is the one that I use the most for this kind of thing. On Twitter, I just talk trash to people about sports, so pretty not highly valuable. But uh, Instagram would probably, would probably be the best. Uh, also LinkedIn, I'm active on on LinkedIn. So feel free to shoot me a DM. Happy to engage, chat with anybody. If you if you want to speak, if you have aspirations, I just want to be useful. That's kind of my goal now is to be useful. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you are extremely useful and I appreciate you greatly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in um, and joining us today. I cannot wait to have another conversation with you again real soon. Um, this show can also be heard on Spanglish Radio Network. So make sure you check that out at spanglishworld.ca for all your news and programming. Spanglish World. Love it. Watch it. Hear it. Read it. Download it and live it. I'll see you again soon. Bye.